The following message is presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Now the message. My scripture passage this morning is just starting out with just one verse. It'll be Genesis 37, verse 2. Genesis 37 in verse 2. In Genesis, they had just talked about the life of uh, Jacob. And in uh, verse 2, it begins, this is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was uh, feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Jacob brought a bad report of them to his father. You know, a few years ago at, at uh, First Baptist in Leesville, I, one of our young ladies was in there told me that her son had said she was old. Now, she was a young lady. And she said, well, if I'm old, what is Brother Jerry? He said, oh, he's medieval. The, the the more the weeks passed by, I think maybe more he was correct in that. Yeah, but you ever notice that music in our in our culture reflects our perp our our, our problems and uh, uh, our values that we have. No matter what age, it it it, it uh, reflects those. And uh, one of our problems is loneliness. Is prevalent in our country. And I'm going to give you a pop quiz today, okay? I know you all like pop quizzes. How many teachers we have in here? You know how your students like pop quizzes. Well, I'm going to just, I'm going to read a, uh, a title of a song, and I want you to tell me who sang it. And I bet you're going to be able to tell. But it kind of reflects on how, uh, how loneliness is a part of our culture. One is, the first one is Only the Lonely. Come on, y'all. You know, I know you know that. I see some of you about my age. Roy Orbison? What about uh, Mr. Lonely? Bobby Vinton? Y'all are slow. <laughs> I'm so lonesome I could cry. All right, now we're getting down there. Uh, are you lonesome tonight? Elvis, that's right. And uh, then uh, just one more, and this one is uh, was the name of the song was Eleanor Rigby, and it starts out, "Look at all the lonely people." Beatles, that's right, that's right. But see, the reason why they sang about loneliness back there, and we have a problem with loneliness, is it's a universal problem, regardless of where you're at or what what uh, age you you might be. But loneliness is not just being alone. I remember landing on a little island in Chimia, Alaska. It's a two-by-four island out in the Bering Sea. 1,200 miles from Anchorage, a lot closer to Russia than it was to Anchorage. Uh, I landed there on December the 25th, 1971. I was a lonely boy. (laughs) 
But I was on an island with 1,200 other men. But I felt lonely. So loneliness is not just an absence of people. Loneliness can be a feeling of being unneeded, unloved, unwanted, and even unnecessary. Uh, There may be some people here today being lonely in their lives. Every Sunday, all across our convention, we sing songs like Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying. And we might be sitting right next to someone who is about to perish because of loneliness and don't even realize it. A recent survey came out said that 60% of Americans have a regular sense of loneliness in their lives. 60%. There are people all throughout the Bible who were lonely. People like Job, Elijah, John the Baptist. And we all know the story of Joseph and his coat of many colors. In fact, we learned about that in probably in preschool if you went to Sunday school back then. We learned about him and his, his, his coat of many colors. Probably nobody in scripture any more lonely than Joseph. But before we look at the man of Joseph, we need to also look at the purpose of scripture. Basically, scripture is, or the Bible, is a story about one key person, and that person is Jesus Christ. When we understand that truth, we can understand the Bible. And especially in the Old Testament. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, search the scriptures because they speak of me. What scriptures was Jesus talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament. That's all they had. So the Old Testament speaks of Jesus Christ. And uh, when when I discovered this truth, it made the Old Testament alive to me. Joseph was a picture or what we call a type of Jesus Christ. His story is recorded in Genesis 37 through 50. And I would encourage you maybe this evening or this week sometime to read 37 through 50. Because we're not going to have time to but just scratch the surface of this one verse here this morning. But uh, first, uh, Joseph wasn't a patriarch. The patriarchs were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wasn't even of the lineage of Christ. His brother Judah was. But Joseph was still, he he was a very great man. He was a great servant of God. There's not an evil word spoken of Joseph in all of scripture. He, He was an important instrument of God to preserve the 12 tribes of of Israel. In these 14 chapters, we see four epics in Joseph's life. First, we see that he was the beloved son. Secondly, the second epic in his life was uh, he was a suffering servant. Third epic was he was the exalted sovereign. And then the fourth epic in Joseph's life was he was a seeking savior. These are all pictures of Jesus Christ. In the beginning of uh, verse 37, we see the beloved son. Uh, We see that Joseph was 17 years old, and he was out tending his father's flocks with his brothers. But even at 17, God had a special purpose in Joseph's life. God has and has had plans for young people 
throughout his history. Think about the most well-known young man in the Bible, David. God had a plan for him. God had a plan for four other young men, Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He had plans for a little boy who offered his lunch and fed 5,000 people. And then probably the most famous and the, the greatest of all young people was Mary, a young teenage lady who was the mother of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Just this week we saw on, saw on the news where there's a great a big revival broke out in a small college in Will, uh, Wilmore, Kentucky, Asbury University. And uh, the, the, this revival has broken out. It has affected hundreds, uh, thousands and thousands of people and is spreading across the country. I don't know what it's going to turn into, but he's, God is using young people again to bring revival. You know, most, young, most uh, revivals are uh, initially brought on by young people anyway. And when I was thinking about that, I, I said, well, why don't we have more revival? You know, this revival is great. But why is it so unusual to have revival in our churches? And I got to thinking, well, maybe it's because we don't have enough young people in our churches. You know, we have a, you have a good group of children, and we have a good group of children in our church, but we have very few youth in our church. And God uses young people to do some special things. One of the greatest uh, regrets in my life was not allowing God to use me when I was a young man. In fact, I, in fact, I fought the call of God for many years. But God wants to use ordinary young people in extraordinary ways. I, I wonder how many potential Josephs there were in this little group here this morning. Or in Sabine Parish. The potential Josephs. And if they will listen to God and allow God to use them, it, would, it, might, it might make a tremendous difference not only just in our, in our parish, but our state and our country and the world. The first indication of a problem between Joseph and his brothers was found in verse 2. And he says, Joseph, Joseph brought a bad report of them uh, to his father. It doesn't say what the report was, but we do know that it caused a problem. And then in verse 3, it said, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a tunic of many colors. Now we see here where Jacob's name is changed to Israel, and so this is Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. Well, he, uh, Scripture tells us that he loved Joseph more than his brothers, and he had been born... Uh, in Jacob's old age and to his favorite wife, Rachel. And then Joseph, uh, Israel gave Joseph a special coat, uh, symbolic of his favoritism. And this caused more friction between Joseph and his brothers. Uh, Jacob should have known how to handle this situation better. You know, he might not have been able to help that, he, that Joseph was his favorite son. But it seems like he would have realized from his past and, and the way he was raised uh, how uh, favoritism uh, can be a problem. Think about the problems Isaac had between, uh, I mean, uh, Jacob had with, uh, with Isaac and Rebekah. 
Hagar and Ishmael. And then in verse 4. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. This caused, this caused Joseph's brothers to hate him even more. And they hated him so much they couldn't even speak a kind word to him. Having a brother and two sisters, uh, and if you had siblings, you know that we would fight. And we might fight pretty rough sometimes. But they were still our brothers and sisters. And we loved each other. And we, and we didn't, didn't take our brother and sister and go sell them someplace. Uh, but Joseph's brothers uh, probably believed that Jacob was going to give the birthright to, to uh, Joseph. And they, were, uh, they, weren't ha- they hated Joseph because of that. And this brings us to the next epic in Joseph's life of the suffering servant. The hate that the brothers had for Joseph caused them to sell him into slavery. I can't imagine the rejection, the loneliness that Joseph had as these strangers took him off into a strange place. Not knowing if he'd ever see his parents or his father and, and, uh, and his, his brothers, his family, but whether he would ever see them again. When he got to Egypt, we know that he was sold to a man named Potiphar. He's a high-ranking Egyptian uh, official. And God blessed everything that Joseph did. Whatever Joseph touched, God blessed it. And so that caused Potiphar's house to prosper. Uh, But uh, then we know that he had a problem with Potiphar's wife. And eventually he was thrown into Pharaoh's prison. And, uh, And just think of the loneliness he felt in prison. Just think of the loneliness those who are in prison today feel. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible feeling and, and oppression that they have. And he, was a, he was a prisoner for over two years in, in Pharaoh's prison. I don't imagine Pharaoh's prison was anything like uh, Camp Gitmo or even our detention center. It was probably a terrible place to be in. Now for the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. God continued to bless Joseph wherever he went. When he, 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 he blessed him in the, in the prison, and then eventually that led to his release from the prison and a promotion to the second in charge of all of Egypt. And uh, this pictures Christ as the exalted sovereign. That's his third epic. He was second only to Pharaoh, and, but still he must have been lonely. He was the only Hebrew in the, in the Egyptian palace. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, he must have longed for his homeland. He longed for his family. Uh, Joseph was an overcomer. He would eventually be reunited and reconciled with his brothers. But uh, this leads to the fourth epic in his life, and that was the seeking saviors. Joseph sought his family, and he sought them out to forgive them and uh, to to save them from the from the drought that was that was going on uh, in the world at that time we might ask how did he overcome his circumstances well first thing he did he he, he maintained his integrity it would have been easy for joseph to compromise in the situation he was in 
It would have been easy for him to do that. But, but he knew uh, how to maintain his integrity. And speaking to Potiphar's wife, he said in verse, uh, chapter 39, verse 9, says, There's no one greater in this house than I, uh, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Now, as he here is, is obviously uh, Potiphar. He says, uh, because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph understood that uh, every sin is against God. It's against, it's against mankind too, but every sin, no matter what the sin might be, is against God. And he understood that. And uh, he, he was uh, uh, surrounded by false gods and, and pagan teachings, but he still maintained his integrity. We're, we're surrounded by false gods and pagan uh, thinking as well. But we, too, must maintain our integrity. This is, secondly, we see that uh, he found work as a, a meaningful work, being a slave, being in prison, and being a governor. He, he didn't focus on what he couldn't do. He focused on what he could do. And he did, didn't do just the minimum, but he did more, as much as he possibly could do. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We, we must understand that work, like everything else we do, is an act of worship. When you go to work, you need to act like you're working and doing uh, work for God. And, and it's an act of worship. Uh, Joseph saw it that way. And that was one, one, another way he was able to overcome his circumstances. And then the, the third uh, reason he could overcome his circumstances, his loneliness, was by forgiving those who had hurt him. He had plenty of reason to be bitter. It's easy to retaliate when you've been hurt. And he did. He could have retaliated against uh, his brothers or Potiphar uh, and even those in the, in the uh, Pharaoh's prison. When he became second in charge, he could have done anything he wanted to and it would have been legal. Could have easily become bitter and vengeful. But he placed everything in the hands of God. He forgave those who wronged him. And he chose to forgive over revenge. Sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances where we feel lonely and we, we feel hopeless. We may not be able to see our way out. We just may be stuck there. But remember, God has a plan for us. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. And uh, he will manipulate the circumstances that we're in to come out to his glory. In Romans 8, 28, we read, and we, and we know that in all things uh, work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. See, our journey out of loneliness begins by realizing that Jesus Christ loves us unconditionally. He understands us and accepts us. And he loves us so much that he went to Calvary and died for us. And then all we need to do is receive and, and accept 
his forgiveness and his salvation. And then we can be assured of what God said in Hebrews 13, verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's what we need to do. So you might be here lonely today. You may know somebody who's lonely. You might be able to give them an encouraging word. But you can pray for them and encourage them, lift them up. And if you're in circumstances where you just don't see any way out, listen, there's, there's folks that will that'll hug your neck, love you, pray for you. And God is always with you, and he's got a plan for you. And he'll work those circumstances out if we'll just let him. So if you've got a decision that you'd like to make, if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you'd like to receive the forgiveness that he offers, we're going to give you an opportunity. But you may have a decision to make that has nothing to do whatsoever with what I said this morning. God may have been dealing with you this week somehow, and, and, and he's been speaking to you, and you might want to come make that public. And, uh, and I, another thing we need to do is we need to pray for and encourage and encourage our young people to be a part of God's fellowship. God wants to do something special with all of our lives. And if, but if they're not here, it's difficult for them to hear God speak. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about the church, including contact information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.